Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. You're listening to the Impact Theory Podcast, your source of empowering ideas and actionable techniques from the world's highest achievers. Join host Tom Bilyeu, serial entrepreneur and co-founder of the billion-dollar brand Quest Nutrition, on a journey to unlock your potential and realize your vision of success. Welcome to Impact Theory. Yeah, let's let's get started. So welcome to the party. Here we go. It is early morning, by the way. The reason that we're recording mm-hmm. this one at an unusually early time is um, because of the X Prize. If uh, any of you guys don't know about it, it's a really amazing organization. I'm on the board, and um, they are all about trying to help usher in a new and better future, which is, uh, I love that. So they're not futurists that just sort of dream empty dreams, but it's a group of people that are actually trying to put prizes together to incentivize people to attack some of the world's grandest challenges from education to cleaning up the ocean to getting us um, into space. So it's uh, that's why and we're flying today to uh, NASA Moffett Field at uh, the NASA Ames Research Center. So I had to wear the NASA T-shirt in honor. So, and for those of us who don't know, where is that? That hey, <laughs> very good question. That is um, up north in the Bay Area. Got it. Cool. Yeah, that should be a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. It's a good group of people. It's been going on now. This was yesterday was day two, so tomorrow's day yeah. two. Yeah. So also, guys, like if you've noticed, we've done a couple camera switches. Yeah. So it. what do you think of all that? Like the new tech. Yeah. So we're um, looking at what's going on with Facebook, sort of. Uh, putting a chip on, it looks like Facebook is really going to make a run uh, to to up the production game and um, make things more like TV, which is, I think, really, really interesting. And I think it's going to be a battle between what YouTube is doing, which is also cool. Um, if I've, Have you tried Red? No, I it's, have not. It's pretty cool. I Yeah, um, yeah I can't say that, it, that they've really um, hit sort of their final note. I think what they're doing on the TV side is going to be... Um, probably the right next step, which I've been obsessed with somebody aggregating what's going on in YouTube. And it looks like YouTube is now going to aggregate what's going on in YouTube because surfing the channels on YouTube is a nightmare. So hard. Yeah. So you just get, you get stuck in these loops. Like I remember one time, like if you, I'm fascinated by like disaster stuff. So like every now and then I'll get in like a loop of like the tsunami. Right. And just, it's, it's insane. But then it's just like, you know, thing after thing after thing about the tsunami or, um, 
September 11th. It's just, you know, video after video after video of that kind of stuff or sharks. It's like they, the algorithm hasn't quite figured out that you don't just want to go down one rabbit hole forever. Um, so <laughs> what they're doing now, I think, could be pretty interesting, really starting to think more like traditional TV, which even though like we're obviously moving away from TV and that you have to be right here, right now kind of mm -hmm. zone. Um, but there is like it evolved over a very long period of time. I mean, t we've had TV for it's almost like 70 years. So, yeah. And there's know. something to be said, too, about like just being able to pick a genre within it. Because mm. like when you flip on and you like turn on HBO, you kind of have an idea of what. Yes. You yes. expect. Yeah. You, Cindy. What? You were right. I mean, that's exactly like our whole thesis, yeah. right? So is just like Disney understood back in the day that watching a Disney movie needs to be predictable to a certain extent, right? So right. you're never going to come to Impact Theory and we're all going to be like whining and crying about the way that life is. Like it's always right. going to be action oriented. It's always going to be the sense of control, empowerment, all that. So understanding that your brand, it doesn't need to be one thing, one note, yeah. but it needs to be within an ideological ecosystem. Boom. All right. Why don't we get to questions? Yeah. So I can far, tell it's it's so early. I could just it's ramble. It's so ahead. early. But like what's funny, it's like we have like 36-ish viewers right now. I'm, um, well, so let's remember we have an international audience. So for some of these guys, it's like yeah. four in the afternoon. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we got our East Coasters it's for nine o'clock for them. Yeah. But, and then uh, what time did you get up this morning? I'm actually super curious about so that. So this I intended to get up at like maybe like four or something. But nice. like... I overslept my alarms and woke up at like 4.40. All right. That's still pretty early. Yeah. Not and bad, so it was bad. like dark as hell. Yeah. It was like quick, got everything ready and like together and then threw on this this hoodie. I had a different outfit actually. But then but I like the got here. this was the speed outfit? Well, no. Like I got here and it was still cold. Yeah. True. And so I was just like, well, I'm not going to take it off yet. And then now, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> All right. Now we'll actually get to the first question. Okay. So this one comes from Dan Bro. Dan Bro Do Fitness. you aim to act before you think, before allowing yourself to overthink, i.e. like Mel Robbins mentions with the five-second rule? Um, let me see. Let me interpret that question. So do I, do I go out of my way to act before I can get caught in a loop of overthinking? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I look. I think we all have like the thing that we struggle with. For me, overthinking isn't the one. Um, I've really at this point, God, did I used to? Maybe, but I've so trained myself now that momentum matters, and I'm always thinking about momentum, and I'm not embarrassed by failure, and I'm never afraid to look stupid. So it's like I don't get stuck in that. Like the thing that messes with me is hot showers. Hot showers. Hot showers. Like there, there's this quote. Explain that one. All right, me. there's this quote. I love, I, can't, I don't remember who said it, so forgive me, um, but fatigue makes cowards of us all. And there is something to when you're just exhausted that yeah. you, all of a sudden like your identity begins to fray at the edges because it's like, oh, I can't, like, like I don't know melting. that I can, yeah, I don't know that I can bear to like push forward. So I totally get that quote and a lot of my identity is about fighting through that. Like today I found myself in the gym like sighing constantly. I just have no energy today. So literally everything that you see me doing now is like using all of my constructs to stay high energy, mm -hmm. uh, physical things, pushing my personality forward, things to overcome the fact that today for whatever reason I have no sort of natural energy. I'm having to like push it all. Um, yeah. So hot showers like has that like 
thing for me where I get in the shower and I have all these intentions. I'm going to do, I'm going to change the world. It's going to be amazing. And then I get in the shower and I'm like, dude, I just want to stand here. So that <laughs> literally, I have to be careful about showers because if it weren't like if water conservation weren't a thing, mm-hmm. I, I would, I would still be in You'd like be my person, first shower like, ever. Like <laughs> I just, shower ever. it literally, I don't know. It's so weird. It is so comforting. And mm-hmm. so it puts me in like this super alpha brainwave state. So it's like yeah. meditating. It's the same reason that I can't just let myself meditate all day because it feels so good. That's so interesting. So that's my thing, Dembro. That's like the thing. So I don't get, at least not anymore. I, I'm sure I did back in the day, but um, for such a long time now, I've used all the mental constructs to keep myself going and really get in momentum. The one thing that challenges momentum for me is hot showers. It's crazy. That is so fascinating, yeah. just in the sense where it's like, so do you like lower the temperature of your shower then? Hell like, no. Like, is it cold? No. Like, slightly cold? Well, nope. I know you hate being cold, but uh-huh. like, lukewarm. <laughs> Not even a little no. bit. No, he's like still blasting it. It's oh, yeah. hot, like whatever. hot, hot, hot. And there have been times where either you're traveling and uh, there's no either when you're traveling <laughs> and the shower like doesn't quite get hot yeah. or oh my, this is I won't derail too much. But my everybody has a pet peeve. Mine is showers without doors. I'll, I'll like boycott the, a hotel if they don't have doors on their shower. Like. So just like the... No shower curtain or no door. It's like straight open. So it's glass oh, yeah. and then just stops. And then like has this huge gap. I just, I want to indiscriminately punch That's people so when weird. I That's so weird. Like I feel that. like I haven't encountered a lot of showers like that. Dude, don't. It's not good. It's bad mojo. Yeah. It's bad mojo. Oh, that's so funny. Okay. Um, so our next question comes from Fu Hang. What do you think of supplements like Lion's Mane where people say it has benefits for the brain? So here's my general thesis on supplements. I was just thinking about this today. So a company reached out and they want me to get involved and they're a supplement, a nootropic. So literally exactly like this. And my thing is, I'm not sure that they work. And I have a hypothesis. Basically, if something works, it freaks the government out, and therefore they're going to regulate it, and it's not going to be on the generally recognized as safe list, which are mm-hmm. the only things that you can actively put in stuff. So they have this you know, cornucopia of things that they consider safe. Those are the things that you can put in a supplement. And if they really have big impact, like um, there were a lot of fat burners on the market. I'm forgetting the name of the, like, the famous one where the baseball – pitcher I think he was like like dropped dead ephedra yeah so that actually worked and so the government like just regulated the shit out of that so and that's usually what happens if something's really like if you get a physiological response that's exaggerated then they're gonna regulate it and if the physiological response isn't exaggerated then you're taking the supplement but you're not entirely sure that it works so there's certain supplements that I know some people swear by but I don't take any because I've never noticed them to be very efficacious. And then also I have a real fear that when something isn't processed by the body that you can get like weird imbalances. So like I used to be really, really into fish oil and Mm -hmm. I'm no longer convinced that that's like the mojo, like backing it up and getting to precursors. And this is something that, so hormone supplementation, that's another thing that really freaks me out just because it's exogenous, you can get your body into an imbalance and 
I think what you're gonna see, and I'm definitely out of my element here, but I think what you're gonna see over time is people working harder and harder to get to the precursors, to get to the building blocks, to get to the things that feed into that. Mm -hmm. So uh, I don't even know what lion's mane is, I've never heard of that, so it's entirely possible that that's like a precursor to something interesting. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, uh, I try to get to things through more natural means. So like I would never supplement for cognitive benefits if I wasn't already um, working out, right? Like if you're, if, they're, if you're not eating right and working out, like there's just such huge, simple, basic, natural processes that you can take advantage of. To not do those first and to try to like slather something on top of it just seems a little crazy. And then there's sort of the state-sanctioned ones like caffeine, I caffeinate. Not really intentionally because I, I don't get hit by stimulants. Mm -hmm. Like I don't, whether I have caffeine or don't, I don't notice a difference. I, and people see me, they'll see me drinking Diet Coke a lot or like my Diet Snapple here. The reason that I rock them is for hunger management. It's not for um, caffeine or anything like that. Yeah. There was once upon a time where I could like drink a Monster and then go take a nap. I can still do that. So I totally feel you on that. But they make my eyes sting. <laughs> that can't be good. So what? for that, yeah. Yeah. Like I used to cane, as the Brits say, uh, I used to cane like three Monsters a day. And I just started noticing by the end of the day, I kept doing this. I kept like pressure on my eyes, just felt really nice. And I thought, I'm like, I'm like what is this? Your like what's causing dying. this? So I thought that can't be good. It's probably vasorestriction or something like constriction. Yeah. Um, so, something like that. So yeah, I've. Uh, we, okay. I've so we've gotten resisted. a few comments that the, the audio is a little low. Audio is so low. Yeah. Is there Interesting. Can, yeah. We can. Uh, we'll, we'll try and crank it up for you guys. Is that better? Is it better now? It gets better if you. Hey, how are we doing? Better, better, better. All right, let us let us know if it's it's better for you guys. All right. Um. All right. Moving on to our next question. Um. This one comes from Stephen Miles. How do you handle competing simultaneous good ideas? So yeah. So you have to do things sequentially, and that's one of the biggest pains in the asses. Um. For me, we're it, getting a good on sound. Good, nice. Sweet. So that's the thing that, um, baby, we can't hear you at all. We got to get you like a mic or something so that you're in our ears. So we can tell you're trying to communicate something, but what that would be, we're not entirely sure. Um, so things have to be done sequentially. And that, yeah, that's a, a, a huge pain, but really focusing on one thing at a time is super critical to getting things over the finish line. And this is something that not enough people think about. Getting something over the finish line is, is the key. So um, it gets really boring and there's just an innate um, boredom to, especially when I um, conceptualize it as being an entrepreneur. One of the things that every now and then just sort of tongue in cheek and for fun I'll document is when we're doing something really boring or stupid. Um, like this morning, I should have filmed it. Lisa spent like an hour wrangling cables. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that shit is so dull, but it has <laughs> to be done. Like, otherwise, you you get right up to it. Like, you've got all these grand ideas. You're going to change the world. You're going to do this amazing stuff. And then cables are the thing that stop you, right? And so that's one of the things that makes Amazon so amazing is they get it like on a tactical level, just from a, how do you improve the customer experience? Blocking and tackling, blocking and tackling, right? It's not sexy, but you've got to do it, the blocking mm -hmm. and tackling. So it's the same thing with doing things sequentially. You'll get these great ideas. You want to do them all and you can do them all. There's so much time in life, but you just can't do them all at the same time. So breaking them into 
And if they stack, and that, like this concept that Tim Ferriss has of the lead domino, like finding that, what is the, so if you've got these five things that you want to do, the order that you do them in can be really critical. And then I know that I, in saying that I'm paralyzing people, because then they're like, well, I don't know what the order is. And yes, that's one of the things you have to get good at is really identifying what is the sequence in which things are optimally done. And the only way to do that is to stop and think through it and think, okay, what's the lead domino? If I do this, then what are the other things that fall? So take, um, for me, speed reading or the way I do it, Audible, that was like the lead domino. If I can train myself to assimilate information faster, then I can get a skill faster. And if I can get a skill faster, then I can execute faster. So I actually put a lot of early energy into learning to um, listen to Audible books at 3X, right? So people always think that like I'm crazy. And part of me is always hoping like someone will say, show me your Audible right now. I want to see that it's actually at 3X. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it's like I put so much energy and effort into like into being like able to do that and people like think that. that oh well you just have some lucky skill it's not that it like anything you just push yourself to do it and I'm absolutely horrific at speed reading so if I hadn't um, gotten into audible I would have really really had to force myself to do that because it's a lead domino so find those things that um, that are the lead dominoes and just ask like what's gonna if I do this thing what's the one that gives me the exponential result on the other stuff Dope. Yeah. Word. Speed reading. Speed I like reading. took a to. class on that when I was like younger because I really love to read mm. all the time. Um, and like my teacher actually got upset with me because like she was like, there's no way that you're reading this fast. But it's because like I read every day all the time when wow. I was like, yeah, younger. So Respect. Like, yeah. What were you reading? Fiction or nonfiction? Um, I was mostly reading fiction because I was like, you know into novels and right. narrative like that what was the novel Did of I, choice i mean writer? i was big i was big into harry potter okay so God, like, i forget how young you are like <laughs> harry potter did not come along for me until i was in my 20s yeah i mean like i'm a 90s baby so. you ready for like a a surprising fact what shades of gray that series mm-hmm. outsold all the harry potter novels combined by like some crazy factor i was like really? what I literally had no idea. That book crushed Harry Potter. Yeah. Who would have thought? I know, right? I Kink mean, goes suburban, I think was the quote. Was That definitely is what happened. People was crazy. Like, oh, I'm super curious about that. Have you read it? I actually haven't. I couldn't get into it. Dude, my like wife let me read a passage. I was shocked. I'm not an easy person to shock. I was shocked. I was like, wow. Yeah, which is this like is racy. Where I was like, how is it that I can't? I just like wasn't into it. And like same with the Twilight series, I never finished the books. Like I watched the movies, but like I never Obby. finished the books. Duh. Um, yeah. So the next question comes from Mary Therese Solano. Um, so Tom, you say you're big into goals and yes. doing what moves you towards them. So walk us through your goal setting process. Okay, so um, normally it starts with um, chasing my bliss. So if you have read Joseph Campbell, he talks a lot about this. And this is really powerful, and I think that's something um, people don't think a lot about. There is something in your life, and this is sort of my secret... um, Not secret, because I've talked a lot about it, but it's like the thing... I don't think people are hearing me. It's like, in you right now, I promise, is something that you love to do. And most people dismiss it. And they dismiss it probably because they don't know how to monetize it. They don't think it could be a job. They don't think it can be a business. Their family and friends have told them, you know, that that's silly or stupid or whatever. And so 
they never realize, like they're, they literally have a blinder to the fact that there is something in their life that's a raging interest. It may not be quite a passion, but it's like a raging interest. Mm -hmm. And so I'm always trying to start there. So the example that I always give to people of a raging interest is video games. So a lot of people like to play video games or they like to read or whatever, right? So it's like the thing that they go and do when they're sort of you know, um, contracting into themselves, they've had a rough day or whatever, or even Jesus food, like people really retreat into mm -hmm. food, right? And so um, imagine becoming a food blogger, right? It's like food is that thing that gives you comfort. It's that thing that you think you have this negative relationship with. You've got this really um, unstable thing where you eat and you feel guilty, whatever. Like if you could recognize that, okay, this is something that I love. There is a way to find a healthy relationship with this. I'm going to do that. And then I want to talk about it. And I'm going to, you know, connect with other people. And even if in the beginning you don't know how to make money at it, like do it because it will make you feel alive. Right. right? And there's that great quote. And again, wow, I'm really forgetting my quotes today of who said it. But it was like, don't worry about what you could be great at. Do the thing that makes you feel most alive because what the world really needs is people who've come alive. And so like yes. if you tap into that thing that makes you feel alive, like that to me is the juice. So turn inward. Don't dismiss it no matter how silly or stupid it might be. Like what is that thing that makes you feel most alive? So that's always where I'm starting. So when you think about um, what we were doing at Quest or now what we're doing with Impact Theory, those were both moments where I turned inside and said, okay, what are like, what's me following my bliss? And I'm, I am just, I've, I feel like I am naturally wired to be very empathetic. So I actually enjoy seeing other people win. And while that, I, I get it from an evolutionary standpoint, because if you know the whole selfish gene theory, it actually goes into, it's not, it's not so important that you survive. It is only important that your genes survive, which is why family's so big, which is why tribe is so big. Um, you know, that we have this natural resonance with those groups because in them usually are contained, certainly in family is contained our genes. So helping your niece or nephew um, from a gene perspective is just as useful as protecting yourself and your own offspring. So like I'm, I just have like maybe that dialed up a little more than most people. So I really, really enjoy seeing other people succeed. And then on top of that, like, I love my family. And so I saw them really, really struggling with food. And my business partner was really good, is really good um, at nutrition. And so it was like, wow, this could be a really awesome opportunity for me to um, help uh, my family. And then I wasn't stupid. And I knew that there were, you know, hundreds of millions, maybe a billion or more people that struggle with food in the exact same way that my family does. So it was like, okay, we could do that. And I could be really, really passionate about it. And then impact theory is to me, wellness is this 360 degree thing. It wasn't, the body was just a way to get to the mind for me. And that's really how I think about it. And, uh, you know, so much change for me. Um, so without really belaboring that point, I think that that's relatively clear. Um, so I identify that thing that is me chasing my bliss. And then I start working backwards and all the way to where you get to the tactical, right? So if we're going to um, do impact theory, here's how it went. All right, what do I really want to do? I want to... Um, I want to empower people mentally. I think that there's a massive struggle going on right now with um, anxiety, depression. Uh, the second leading cause of death in the U.S. for young men is suicide. Like, that's just crazy to me. And it's the number one leading cause of death, death in, in other countries. And so just, you know, looking at that and looking at, even if, like, somebody's not in danger of committing suicide, like, the... You know, the, the question I used to ask at the end of every Inside Quest episode was, what is the definition of a life well lived? Because I'm really obsessed with that concept of, mm -hmm. you know, what does it mean to fully express a human life, to, to live it to its fullest? And to me, it, it all 
comes down to mindset. Like that's it. Like that's the linchpin. That's the keystone, right? And if you know what a keystone is in a in like an arch, there's one stone that's actually holding everything together and that's why it doesn't fall. And if you move that keystone, then literally it would just crumble that one yeah. thing. And so, you know, that that is in 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 a life well lived, that keystone is mindset. And if you have a mindset that's empowering, and it's really just these sort of basic beliefs that you choose to believe, um, then you can do so much more than you would otherwise. So if that's what we're trying to give to the world, and we're really trying to help people, what's the no BS answer of how to do that? And I believe that the answer is narrative. And so, okay, if the answer is narrative and we're going to, and it's narrative and it's businesses, right? Because that's the way that we really interact with the world and we mm -hmm. create these, um, sorry, baby, if you can shut the doors, the sun is like blinding <laughs> and I keep trying to use the, <laughs> the camera to block. To block no, it. no, no, it's coming in through the kitchen. Thank you. That's so funny. Because I was like, oh, usually these are like blacked out. Right. So like you don't we even started, think about it. We started, it was still dark. Ah, and it was still there we dark. go. <laughs> um, so yeah, just um, looking at narrative, looking at the importance of narrative and how, you're, how you would execute against that. So it's like, okay, um, how do you get people to listen to narrative? Because the hardest part is... Um, getting that out into the world. And why? Because you're guessing at what's good for people. So, wow, wouldn't it be great if the community, like you could do something that's sort of low barrier to entry and then the community would choose from this massive array and then they would say, these are the five ideas that we like. And then you only have to back those five ideas, right? So that's the idea behind impact theory is, okay, we're going to start in um, written and um, comics because uh, they're very cheap, but you can imagine a gigantic universe. It's yeah. also stuff that people can submit. And so we become the technology layer uh, where, so phase one, build the community, right? Then layer technology over it and then ask the community to submit ideas and then have the community um, upvote them essentially. And then you get to the very limited number of things that we're going to push and promote. Now, the one thing that has to be inherent in all that, and that's why um, it probably seems like we're talking primarily about um, mindset and business because we need that ethos. So going back to the earlier thing that we were talking about with Disney is um, Disney had a brand and you knew what to expect from a Disney film. We need people to understand what to expect from an impact theory company and an impact theory piece of content. It needs to mm -hmm. be making the world a better place. It needs to be empowering. Like those are just things that have to be. So I don't want to keep walking through the nitty gritty of it, but you, that's my process, right? So I'm just walking back and saying, what what is the no BS answer to how you do this? And if you're like, it's not always going to be pretty, it may not even be something you want to be involved in, but if you're willing to say that really would work, like I know our three-step plan will work. I don't know if we can execute against it. I just know that it's real. So because it goes down to what Elon Musk refers to as getting to the physics of a problem. So we've boiled down our grand desire to um, make sure that empowering uh, the empowering mindset reaches everybody on the planet. That's really like if you boil it down to sort of its non-economic, um, what we're trying to get to, that's it. And then just asking, okay, if I didn't, I couldn't change behavior, but instead had to leverage existing behavior, how would I execute against that? And that's how we ended up with narrative and companies. And um, yeah, there it is. That's, that's how I walk through the process. I could literally go on that all day, all week, uh, but we'll stop there. We'll, we'll eventually have a piece of content centered around goal setting, I think. Yeah. I feel like it's, it's definitely crucial. All right. So this one comes from Sebastian. 
Um, my friends and bandmates dismiss me for starting to work hard on my future. I think they're afraid of being left behind, but I can't give them the right mindset to go the way with me. Have you ever, have you ever experienced this? Every day. Every day. So, I mean, this is where um, most people live. And I actually get asked the question a lot, like, how do you... Um, how do you help somebody who you love get the empowering mindset, right? When they're resistant and the answer is you don't. So don't spend your energy on the people who aren't ready to change yet. And also the great thing that people say about kids, um, I don't have kids, but uh, this just sounds like the greatest advice ever to me because it's certainly true of employees. Don't, um, don't try to tell people what to do because you can't always count on them to listen, but you can always, always, always count on them to watch. And so if you're leading by example, if you're just doing it all the time, all the time, all the time, like then it really begins to seep into the culture. And that's why I struggled as Quest got bigger and bigger. It was like, Jesus, not a lot of people can see what I'm doing. So that becomes difficult because now you only know what I say. But I know that people aren't listening all the time. So that that's really tricky. And that's why you have to really empower your leadership as you get bigger and bigger. Because everyone needs someone that yeah. they see every day, all day. They need to see them living what you're talking about versus just repeating it. Um, so... Man, live, uh, live the empowering mindset. Your bandmates are going to be watching you. Maybe some will you know, get into that and they'll see like, that your life is improving. And honestly, you may have to, to ditch them. Like I hate to say that. But dude, you can't let people drag you down. And I can't think of anything more like a family than a band, especially if you guys are touring or anything. So woo, uh, there are people out there that, that will respond to the mindset um, that, that won't heckle you as you're, you're trying to grow. And here's the thing. If they're heckling you, it's going to slow you down. It may not stop you, but it will slow you down um, just because they're not giving you ideas. You're having to come up with all the ideas yourself. So I highly encourage people to be very selective about who they hang out with. Hashtag truth. All right, guys, just a reminder to make sure that you share this live feed yeah. um, in order to win a book off of Tom's reading list. Yes, please share. Yeah, share, 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 share. Help us grow. And by the way, only share if you think that we're adding value. Yeah. But that's the thing. If this, yeah. if the content adds value to your life, then please share. share, share. Yeah, so it's like pass on the positivity, like right. the value add, all of that. All right, so this next question comes from Johan. Um, how can I manage my relationships with my colleagues when the culture at work is all about fixed mindset and selfishness and mine is the opposite? Give me the beginning of the question. I was just tripping out that we just had Johan and Sebastian back to back. Yeah. Sorry. That, like, <laughs> so, we're hitting that international crowd um, right now. <laughs> so, yeah. How can I manage my relationships with my colleagues when the culture at work yeah. is all about fixed mindset and selfishness and mine is the opposite? Get out while you can. Get out while you can. Like if truly the company has a, a cultural fixed mindset, there are just too many companies out there that don't get out, get out. Like it will, it will drag you down. It's a losing battle. You're never going to be able to convince them. So it's hard enough when you own the company to like really affect culture. Um, if you're just in the culture and you can't sway like the proclamations, you can't get the leadership to act in a certain way. It just the, Wow. It, it's possible, but it would require so much of your energy that I just can't recommend it. Well, that's easy enough. Yeah, that's the truth. All right. So this one comes from Daniel, or actually Dan Bro. Um, when you started Quest, did you expect it to grow to the level that it did? And what was your goal? Yes. 
Yes. Just did not expect it to grow that fast. So, you know, going into anything, like right now, impact theory, I believe one day that people are going to look back on this and be, and be like, whoa, impact theory used to be small. Um, <laughs> at, but you have to do that. I like you so. have to really think about it. You have to allow yourself to see that. So I was at 20th Century Fox last night. Um, and by the way, if you guys aren't following me on Instagram, get on that IG game, Follow. uh, doing, doing that live, um, not live feed, but, um, IG story last night, walking around 20th century Fox and just thinking, oh, it's going to be really cool when we've got, you know, an, a, a future studio is going to look very different, but just the scale, right? So I was walking around thinking about the scale and how we're going to get there and like the, making sure that we're taking the right steps. And I thought, this moment right here is is actually why we're going to get there because I'm thinking about it and not like I was believing it, right? So if you're able to conceptualize it and you're able to really allow yourself to be filled by belief in the thing that other people just think oh, that's impossible and understand the only thing that separates um, most people, I mean, look, there's a high degree of execution. I'm well aware of that. But the, the real thing that stops people is they never learn how to execute because they don't allow themselves to believe that they could actually do it. And therefore they never get started and getting started and being, being willing to learn from your mistakes, like making it in your mind, inevitable that you will be successful. Like that really, really matters. Right. That really matters. And then you just have to take the steps to continue to like, you'll feel it. Like when you have this vision of inevitability in your mind, and you're walking in a path that doesn't feel like it takes you to your inevitable outcome, that's like one of the things that lets you know, like listen to your instincts and adjust course. But if you don't believe it's inevitable, then walking towards failure feels right because the failure seems inevitable. And so now every step feels in accordance with the inevitability of the failure. And so the steps will actually feel right. Wow, that's like, I'm actually thinking about that in real time. That is what happens, is you don't feel out of alignment with the thing that you really believe, which is that you're going to fail. And so it's very easy to keep going in that direction. You guys know I have a very strict diet that I stick to, except for very special occasions. And I do that so that I can bring my best every day to what I'm doing. And a big part of that strict diet is high quality animal protein and my go-to source of trustworthy meats and seafoods with no added hormones or antibiotics ever is ButcherBox. ButcherBox is a premium meat subscription service that delivers 100% grass-fed beef, free-range organic chicken, pork raised crate-free, and wild-caught seafood all directly to your door. I cannot recommend ButcherBox enough. When you eat ButcherBox, you are giving your body the best possible building blocks to work with so you can reach your full potential. You've got to take care of yourself at a cellular level if you want to hit your peak consistently. So ButcherBox is the key. Sign up at butcherbox.com impact and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free-for-a-year offer plus an additional $20 off, and that means you can choose salmon, chicken breast, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com impact and use code impact to choose your free-for-a-year offer, plus get $20 off your first order. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You will never be able to reach your full potential if you are riddled with stress and have a lot weighing on your mind. I can tell you from my own experiences with stress and negative thought loops, you have to find a way to work through whatever it is that's weighing on you if you're gonna have any hope of achieving your goals. 
Therapy can be an option for working through things and for an online therapy option that is super convenient and flexible, be sure to check out BetterHelp. With BetterHelp, everything is 100% online and getting started is quick and easy. A brief questionnaire matches you with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra charge. Get things off your chest, process through things with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash impact theory today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash impact theory. In today's highly unpredictable and rapidly changing world, the smartest move you can make from a financial standpoint is to actually understand how money works and how markets move. Because if you wanna have any chance of investing your money wisely and growing your financial portfolio, you have to make a profit. And the only way that you're going to do that is either by setting and forgetting or actually understanding what's going on at a macro level. So whether you're a seasoned investor or someone looking for extra guidance, today's sponsor, Yahoo Finance, has got you covered with all the tools, data, and news that you need in one place to grow your knowledge base around what is happening in the world of finance and to make sure that you have the right goals and you're executing well. Yahoo Finance makes it easy to consolidate your accounts so you can effectively and efficiently manage your entire portfolio. Personally, I love how straightforward their platform is to use. It is very simple to get the information that I need. And Impact Theory's own chief financial officer is exactly the same, spending time helping me frame exactly what is going on from a global perspective so that I'm making the smartest decisions that I can. I definitely recommend that you check out Yahoo Finance for comprehensive financial news and analysis. Visit the incredible brand that so many great investors use at yahoofinance.com. It's the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Once again, guys, head there now, yahoofinance.com. True. Beware of failure. Beware of failure. Beware of, yeah. Rounding the corner. Be in your mind. Rounding the corner. All right. So, Danbro actually wants to know what I'm reading currently. Um, so, I do this weird thing. So, I read audiobooks, like Kindle books, and then like a paper book. And so, right now, different? Not they're the all same. different. They're all different. Interesting. Yeah. So I don't I don't know why I do this now, but it's like it's my thing. So I just finished on Audible You Can't Touch My Hair by Phoebe Robinson. Okay. Is um, that fiction? No, that's nonfiction. Okay, what's it about? So she's uh, a comedian and she's just kind of like talking about like her memoir experiences in the industry and everything. Um and then it's kind of framed around like you can't touch your hair because it's like it's like a weird thing that people tend to do to like black girls or just like black people in general is like touch their hair because like it, it's different. Right. Um, and it's just like a violation of personal space. I would say. Yeah. But like people don't even think about it that way. They so, literally just reach out yeah, and touch like, your hair. I remember like being in like elementary school and stuff and like sitting in like the little circle or like whatever. Someone would be behind me literally like playing with my hair. And I was like. Who is this? <laughs> and like, and the thing is, when you're that young, like you don't even register that like wow. someone's actually like in your bubble, right. even though they tell you it's like keep your hands to yourself. But anyway, so yeah, you can't touch my hair. So that's the one I just finished on Audible. The next up is going to be Platform Revolution, actually. And then for Kindle, I'm reading The Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl by Issa Rae. Um, because like I love her series Insecure, like I used to watch her oh, YouTube yeah, yeah. series, 
Yeah. And so I'm just like finishing that up. I think I'm like halfway done with it. Nice. Or something. And then Big Magic. I'm only like a few pages in because it's like the... What's Big Magic? So it's Elizabeth Gilbert's book about like creativity. So these are all nonfiction books actually. Nice. Um, but that one is like a slower read because it's a paper one. And usually I only read it at nighttime if like I still have the lights on. Mm. And then like I'll switch to the Kindle. And so it's like a whole process Word. thing. But yeah, so that's what I'm currently reading. So you know. About it. Yeah. All right. And then this one comes from Saad. Well, actually, what are you currently reading? So I am rereading Stealing Fire. I had to go through it really fast for um, Mm. the interview with Jamie Wheel. And it's just been really, really on my mind. Fascinating. I did a podcast with the Mind Pump guys, which was actually a lot of fun. I'm excited for that one to come out. And we were talking about that microdosing largely, which is now like my <laughs> obsession, which I still I'm not you're messing with, like, but it's still, yeah, it's very intriguing. <laughs> so going back to supplements that work, uh, so I hear. Um, so really wanted to to dive in so I can do a book review on it, and I just find the the conversation is fascinating. It is. So yeah, that um, that's what I'm reading, and then I've we've got some we've got a lot of cool guests coming up in March. Um, and so I'm going to be reading all the books that correspond to the interviews. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like one of my favorite classes from undergrad was actually a drugs and behavior class. Really? That's the thing? So it was like a psych class or maybe it's neuroscience class or something that I took. And, um, it was like all about your brain on drugs and like Mm. the ways that it affects it. Like, so we looked at the MRIs, we like talked about the stories, like Mm. the performance and stuff. So it's like, sometimes you'd leave the class and you'd be like, I should probably do a little Coke. Like, (laughs) and you're just like, wait, what? (laughs) Yeah. Because it's like, but like, obviously not in crazy doses, but it talks about how it like mimics, like, you know, even things like Adderall. And so it's like the, it's almost like a slow release. Have you done Adderall? Uh, that pause that pause Um, though maybe maybe (laughs) anyway um you know i've never done it because somebody um a because i'm afraid of drugs and then b because somebody told me that it like they ceased to have a personality they were like your focus (laughs) just like comes into like this laser beam it it becomes a little like tunnel vision yeah like that i don't know I, i don't know but Look, it, like, I, I, it also I'm not like morally opposed to it. Yeah, I'm. I am literally. What am I worried about? It's identity, right? So I'm uh-huh. the guy that doesn't do drugs, and I really have to think about. I really have to think about that because um, if microdosing of um, psychedelics is as so here, this is literally the the thing that's weighing on my mind. So if microdosing does not make you feel like you're on drugs, which is what I'm told, so you're right. not like tripping out, right? But makes it so that you can make connections in your brain, like far-flung connections. So it's Mm -hmm. basically creativity on tap. When you're trying to solve a business problem, what you're looking for is always creativity. You're always looking for that moment of inspiration. So that's one of the reasons, the the whole idea of thinkitating. So before I heard about microdosing or anything like that, that's why I was thinkitating. So I would meditate and I would realize like, whoa, I would be stopping myself from thinking about things that were utterly fascinating mm-hmm. and that I was making these connections. And so then I started like keeping a computer by me because I was like, while I'm meditating, I have like these really awesome insights. And right. so then I thought, I'm like, 
in this, you know, where if you set uh, an AC to turn on and off at the same temperature, it's like it freaks out. Um, <laughs> so I felt like that. Like I'm trying to tell myself not to think, to mm -hmm. just breathe, but I'm having like these amazing thoughts. So I'm like, oh, okay, there's got to be a solution to this. Right. So then I just started sequentially. I would meditate, tell mm -hmm. myself just get into that alpha wave state. And then, okay, now I'm here. Mm -hmm. Let the, you know, flood begin. And really start thinking through some of these problems. So if that's like a minor form of what happens when you're microdosing, then it's like, is it just the stigma? And then if, yeah. but obviously I have issues with longevity and I don't like to do things that mess with my brain. And so it just gets, it gets, it gets tough. It gets tough. Yeah. So. I mean, that's part of like what I, I feel like I learned in, in drugs and behavior that like in smaller doses, like all of these different drugs actually have like benefits, like in terms of like your brain or like focus, connectivity mm -hmm. and like creativity, relaxation and all of that. So it's like, it's just interesting to see, but the problem is that everything is kind of good for you in moderation, but everyone always bullshit kind of like hits that bullshit. Extra. Not right. everything is good for you in moderate. I think that is like all the right. craziest statement ever. People say that all the time. <laughs> like with diet, people are always saying that, oh, it's everything in moderation. No, it's not. Well, I mean, you got to figure out Madness. what works for you. But like, I'm, I'm saying like, you're not going to do like 17 lines of Coke or something. Like you're going <laughs> to. But yourself. is there any amount of Coke that like is Literally, useful? Like, like my class said, how much like, Coke a little done? bit? None. <laughs> None. <laughs> and would you admit it if you had? So, yeah, I mean, look, I get it. And oh, God. So how about this? Overdoing things is bad. Yes, I will. It's just not all things in moderation. Right. Like, I'm not going to run out later and have some spider like, venom because so like moderation, well, all things I feel like in moderation. is like a sliding scale of whatever. Yeah. So, but overdoing it for sure. Overdoing it is usually bad, as I learned with my monster energy drinks. Right. Stingy eyes. When you like couldn't bad. see, basically. I could see it just hurt a little. <laughs> Your eyeballs aren't supposed to They're hurt. They're not supposed to hurt. That was yeah. <laughs> tip number one. All right, so this one comes from Saad. Um, what advice would you have to motivate youth into productive action? I interact with thousands of students and young professionals struggling to find their footing in life, including entrepreneurship, social balance, and disappointment over the education system, largely failing them. Don't try to change behavior or try to leverage it, right? So that's always where I start. So I would try to back into like, what do, so the, like the reason that reverse psychology works is one of the things that nature ensures that kids of a certain age do is they rebel. Why? Because they need to establish their own identity. They need to come out from under you. Um, they need to become their own person. I mean, that's the, otherwise like mothers literally have the impulse to hold on. And so that would be it. And the mother would end up having to take care of the child forever. Um, so there is this, you know, one of the results of the hormonal craze that is um, puberty pushes people to really step out. So um, you get people trying to leverage that behavior by being um, reverse psychology, right? Telling them not to do something that you actually want them to do because they do it by rebelling. I mean, they're too clever for it to really work, but like that's the concept. So if you're finding things that they, um, that they're already doing, like how can you sneak in messaging? So one of the things that I actually haven't talked about this, um, inside, um, impact theory yet, but I'm 
beginning to think that one of the ways that we reach youth is by going into the inner cities is my particular fascination because I think they're the people that are sort of farthest from where they need to, to get to. But going into the inner cities and um, leveraging things like the desire to collect. So this whole notion of digital baseball cards, which empowering ideas. Um, so making things only become valuable when they're actually scarce. So there's this whole thing called the blockchain. I won't derail us now, but it's utterly fascinating. The blockchain can actually make digital things um, limited edition. So that's why Bitcoin works because that quarter, I know they're not called quarters, but that Bitcoin or whatever, like a real life mm -hmm. quarter, it is physical and therefore it is limited. Uh, the same is true of a digital Bitcoin. It actually is limited and the way that it all works, A, I don't understand well enough to explain and B, I don't think it matters, but it, you know that you have something that's limited. So if we could go in knowing that humans and kids especially really get into collecting things, if we could find a way to incept them with um, empowering ideas on some sort of collectible card that they can play with. I don't know, we have to figure that out, but leveraging that desire to collect, to have something that other people don't have, but then transmit some empowering ideology. But it like a lot of this stuff revolves around play, gamification. So my short answer as I sort of process this out loud <laughs> is gamify it. You have to find a way to gamify it. So that's why video games work. Video game companies employ psychologists and neurologists, quite frankly, to they watch people play video games while they're while they're in an fMRI machine, mm -hmm. so that they can see like is the game essentially addictive? And so you have to make the empowering behavior addictive so that they're going to come back to it, so that they want to do it. Um, things become addictive because you're leveraging natural impulses, the reward system in the brain. You just have to find a way to do that. If it's not intrinsically rewarding, they're not going to do it, right? So um, why am I so obsessed with empowering behavior? Be because it feels good. And why do I um, like to read so much? Because those ideas, and in fact, I was thinking about this this morning. Why don't I like working out? Because it takes away from my time to read. And that's really the frustration that I have is it isn't the physical effort. It's that I could be doing something else. And I'm, I feel so constrained in my time in any one day that I resent that working out is so effective at supercharging my mind, right? So <laughs> it's not intrinsically pleasurable for me in the way that yeah. reading is. Like when I come across something in a book that like I think, oh my gosh, I can use this that like gives me a dopamine rush, right? And I wanna right. turn the page to get to the next thing that I'm gonna be able to use. I don't get that same thing in working out. I have to remind myself that to be where I'm at cognitively, I have to do this because the brain-body um, connection is just a reality. If I didn't believe that, I would never work out. So gamify. Huh, that's so interesting, especially considering like all the studies in terms of like working out and the endorphins it gives you. and I literally do not get those. Or I get them on su some such minor level that I don't, I don't um, experience it in my conscious mind. Huh. That's so interesting to me. Because, yep. like, I'm definitely one of those, like, endorphin people. Like, even so though I'm wife. just like, oh, like, this kind of sucks. By the end of it, I was like, that was so worth it and I feel great. I really don't. And, but. like, today, I kept sighing. Like, every <laughs> set was just, like, exhausting. And I was like, I could... And this it was this morning that I was thinking about. It. I was like, I could be reading right now, which mm -hmm. recharges me. It makes me feel more vital. Yeah. It makes me feel alive. It makes me feel effective. And I feel like all these grand goals that I have in my life, what we're trying to do with impact theory, like when I read, I get closer, mm -hmm. right? I get closer right. to being able to execute. I get closer to that knowledge that I need in order to accomplish something. It feels so tangible and like, yeah, I don't know. It, it makes me feel closer.
and I intentionally don't finish that with any word, it just makes me feel closer. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note as well, this one comes from Vanessa. What do you do to overcome your exhaustion? There are a lot of things you can do physically. So one of them is um, stand up straighter. Another is what I call pushing your personality. So right now, if you have, let's say that you have a crush on somebody and they walk in the room, all of a sudden you're going to stand up a little bit straighter. You're going to like, hey, you know, like doing those things like, hey, you ready? Mm -hmm. So you'll notice I begin every episode the same way. Hey, everybody, welcome to another episode of. It mm -hmm. doesn't matter what we're doing. That's true. It, the only thing I don't do that on are the quotes because we're trying to do something different. I even used to start that with, hey, everybody, welcome to another. That is my pathological way to become high energy and to lower my anxiety. Mm -hmm. So like if I were, because doing inside quests used to really freak me out because I was not used to being on stage, was not used to um, like being the center of attention like that. And so it wasn't something I really wanted. It was just something I could see would be very effective. So um, I needed like that thing to get me into the zone. And so without really intending it, it became that. So, hey, everybody. Like, so I'm just yeah. doing this like Expanding. saying that I have that gets me into this. I'm speaking louder. Like when we're checking levels, I always check levels for, hey, everybody, welcome to another episode yeah. of, right? Because it's the thing that I do the most high energy. So... Also, talking faster. I force myself to talk faster. And in talking faster, your brain has to speed up. So in getting my brain to speed up, like all of a sudden, like even in this episode, like about 10 minutes in, I think was when I started saying like, oh, today I'm really low energy. I realized, oh, wow, like I've actually like gotten high like energy that. by doing all of you these things, that. even though, yes. So um, those, are, those are some, but I always use physicality to get to mentality. That's why I work out. Mind, body, connection, baby. Word. All right, so this is from Craig. So he says, um, could listening to an audiobook solve that working out, like getting you closer towards your goal situation? Nope. No? No. Do you, you listen to anything? Never, ever, ever. Oh, I listen to music. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when people okay, tell me, like, well, oh, when I work out. part of it. <laughs> <laughs> when, yeah. when people tell me that, um, oh, I listen to podcasts while I work out, I think, how do you work out? Like, I can't. I can't pay attention to two things at once. Man, if, if people out there can, like kudos to you. I used to try to practice my Greek while working out because I thought the same thing. I thought, okay, the time is my frustration, so I'll read a book, I'll practice my Greek. Yeah. And then I found like the time between sets would be like two and three minutes. And then all of a sudden I was in the gym for two hours, but I was only doing an hour worth of work. And I thought, this is dumb. I'm not getting, like mentally I'm not fully present and physically I'm not fully present. So instead I, I just had to accept that when I listen to music, music puts me into a certain like energetic state. Mm -hmm. And then I use that energetic state to do the complimentary thing of working out. The only time I read is if I'm doing cardio because I need a mental distraction and I don't do, um, I don't usually do hit cardio. So high intensity interval training. I don't normally do that. Um, so I'm, I'm doing slow, steady state, boring cardio because it's what I can convince myself to do because I hate cardio. Um, so that's just that truth. It's just true. I'm not saying it's good. I'm just saying it is. Um, so that I can get myself to do because I allow myself to read. And um, the, the greatest example of this is um, when I was reading Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, which is about a, a true story 
uh, uh, autobiography of uh, Viktor Frankl, who um, was, a, I can't ever remember if he was a neuroscientist or a neurosurgeon. He was one of the two, but he survived, um, I think, five concentration camps, including Auschwitz. And he just details why some people die in a concentration camp, like just die versus obviously if the, um, the guards shoot somebody. But he was saying like so many people, they would just give up. And he said three days later, they'd be dead. And he said, you could see it. And it was people that didn't find meaning in their suffering. Mm -hmm. And so literally the guy's talking about that. And how can you not like crush your cardio? Because it's like, all right, this is easy like, this compared is to yeah, what this guy went through. And that book, by the way, is just incredible. It's so incredible. I actually, I think it is, um, it is shame, shame, shame on any high school that lets somebody graduate without them reading Man's Search for Meaning. Literally shame. I don't even think that was like on any of our nope. reading lists. Nope. But yeah, so, but it's not mine. Have that you I'm read it? Or, not yet. It's like one of those See, things it where will, it's like, it I have all you. these. So I have a list and like, I am one of those people who I just like kind of choose what fits I get what it. I want to do. And I put this one off for a long time. I think it was Tony Robbins that had it on like his standing list. People would always ask him like, you know, what are the books that influence you most? And he said, Man's Search for Meaning, Victor Frankl. Mm -hmm. And I heard it for a long time. And, you know, I have all this respect for Tony and um, just didn't read it, didn't read it, didn't read it. And then I read it. And this is like how, you know how people get really weird when they like really like a food and you don't like it and they just want, no, but try this one. You really yeah. like this time. That's how I am with this book, man. I just want everyone to read it. It is so good. And when I say good, it, it will change you. You will not look at your life or anyone else's life the same ever again. Because if the thing that helped people survive a concentration camp is mindset, how do you survive a bad job? Mindset. How do you deal with a bad relationship? Mindset. Right? Like the, if the answer to how do you survive a concentration camp is mindset, finding meaning, finding purpose in your suffering, it's the answer to everything. There we go. Secrets of the universe. Answers for meaning, Victor Frankel. <laughs> All right, so this one comes from Pettit Sounds, Ian. Ian Pettit Sounds. All right, so on your website you wrote, we want to build things directly and help others build things that solve what we believe to be the world's biggest challenges. Truth. What challenges do you have in mind, and how does freeing people from the matrix help address these problems? I, I think the greatest challenge that we face as a society, go back to the physics of a problem. So what part of the human psyche is broken? And mm -hmm. that if you could fix it, right? So that's why the analogy for the matrix. In the matrix, the problem is people don't understand that what the real world is. They don't realize that they're trapped. They don't realize they're in a prison, right? So, and I think the line in the movie is something like, um, how do you know that you're in a prison when you can't see, taste, smell, touch, hear it? And that's, that's a mindset, right? So if, when looking at the world's biggest challenges versus problems, the XPRIZE is all about the world's grandest challenges, right? So getting us to another planet, cleaning up the ocean, things like that. The biggest problems, starving to death, right? That's a problem. Um, mindset is a problem. So to me, like, you can't solve the grand challenges unless you deal with the problem of mindset. And so when I look at the world, I see two pandemics that touch everything. The pandemic of the body and the pandemic of the mind. Now, the pandemic of the body is easy to see. The pandemic of the mind is much harder. It's invisible and has a stigma. Like, people are super weird about mental illness, right? Yeah. So, so even just getting away from that and just calling it wellness. Like, if, 
if somebody is physically frail, like nobody's weird about that because you know how to help them. But when it's the mind, people are super weird about it. So um, understanding that to me, the solution to the problem seems very obvious that people don't have a perspective, a framework, uh, a metaphor with which to understand the world. So there's an awesome quote by Joseph Campbell. You ready? Ready. If you want to change the world, you have to change the metaphor. If you want to change the world, if you want to change the world, you have to change the metaphor. So that's what we're trying to do. We're trying to change the metaphor. So that to me is like the biggest problem. That's what we're trying to solve. And then how do you disseminate that ideology? So I am obsessed. There's, I'm literally, uh, I'm trying to make it happen so that I can fly to Denmark. So imagine literally within, within 12 minutes of meeting this guy two days ago, I just start asking him questions, right? I love asking people questions. So I'm asking him questions and he like starts talking about the things that he's doing. And um, he, so he works at Lowe's. What do you do at Lowe's? Oh, I'm in the, I forget the exact name of it, but it's, it's um, essentially their innovation department. Oh, wow, that's cool. Like what is Lowe's doing from an innovation perspective? Oh, we actually have this um, narrative innovation department. Stop, what? We have a narrative innovation department. What does that mean? We actually disseminate um, comic books. Why do you disseminate comic books? I'm literally like freaking yeah. out, right? I start texting the team here. I'm like, you're never going to believe who I just met. So I'm like, what, you have a comic? I don't understand that. Like, why do you have that? Oh, well, I did my doctoral thesis on how people assimilate, truly assimilate disruptive information. So I'm thinking, okay, wait a second. That's literally like what we are about. So I was like, tell me more. And he said, oh, I'm a neuroscientist by training and I've looked at so many people and their brain in fMRI machines and how they assimilate all this information. And I've come to one very simple overarching conclusion. The only way that human beings are able to assimilate truly disruptive information is narrative. And I was just like, oh my God. So within 12 minutes of meeting this guy, I said, I wanna come, like where is your headquarters? I have to see this. And he's like, Denmark. <laughs> like, what do you mean Denmark? I still don't even know why it's in Denmark. But I was like, dude, I'm coming to Denmark. When can I come? I, literally like next, can we go next week? And he was like, oh, funny enough, I'm actually going to be there in like, it was a week and a half. So I said, awesome. I'm pinging the team. Hey, we got to find a way to get me on a flight to Denmark. Because I really, really believe to the core of my being that Joseph Campbell was right. The only way to change the world is to change the metaphor. And this guy has the scientific evidence to why that's true, that we assimilate truly disruptive information through narrative. And that's it. Like that's our Trojan horse. And it comes back to don't try to change people's behavior. Try to leverage it, right? Try to leverage yeah. what they're doing. Use that behavior. And that's why, why are we making all this social content? Because it's what people do they consume this content like 24 seven. People are on their phones. They are looking at the social content. So I want to incept them. I want to meet them where they are to right. give them what they need to empower themselves to do what they want to do. Church. All right. Truth. So this one comes from Thomas. Well, yeah. So this one comes from Thomas. Do either of us use negative associations in order to change behavior? I've started wearing a rubber band on one wrist every day and pull and snap it whenever I find myself beginning to check my email, frivolously scrolling Facebook, etc., to dissociate any positive reason why I do these things that waste my time. Do you do it? What? Negative reinforcement. Um, not really. I do. I'm big on it. It's yeah. huge. And this is why I say you Maybe have I to... I don't know I'm doing it. 
do you beat yourself up for anything? Uh, occasionally, yes. But I'm just randomly, hard. right? Like, I'm very hard on myself, so it's like I have to also know when to, like, pull back. Well, so let's talk about that because there's using negative reinforcement as a tool and then there's mm-hmm. beating yourself up. Right. And most people, I think, get stuck in... In beating na- Yes. Up. So it's like, oh, you're bad. Why are you doing this? Like, yeah. see, you're as dumb as everyone told you you were. Like, that is not that. effective. But I routinely use like directed pointed things very negative very aggressive comments towards myself about things that I've done that don't serve me that don't move me towards my goals and I think that's incredibly incredibly powerful but that is like it's like a gun you don't just give a gun to a kid right mm-hmm. have you seen that footage of the the wedding where they were shooting guns and the guy sits it down kids p- picks it up shoots him and kills him the kids uh. like two it was crazy. Anyway, I don't want to derail on that. But that literally, that is ex- that image is exactly how I feel about when I talk honestly about how I use negative reinforcement because I am terrified that people who already have like they're stuck in negative mm-hmm. loops that are already not serving them. But that is the truth. Like once you get to the point where you believe in yourself, you're totally focused on empowerment, you do and believe that which moves you forward. Like once that's real in your life, then one of the things you're going to realize that actually will move you towards your goals is self-flagellation. Punishing yourself for doing things that don't serve you, that are that run contrary to the things you told yourself you were going to do. So like I have a 10-minute rule, right? When mm-hmm. In the morning, I look at the clock once I know I'm awake and 10 minutes. I have 10 minutes to get out of bed. If I miss it, then I, I'll think about it all day. Not obsessively, but I will remind myself, you didn't do it today. Mm-hmm. Like you said you were going to. In fact. Well, and, yeah. Go okay. ahead. No, no, no. I'm just there. I'm just co-signing. Word. That's what it is. <laughs> For sure. You, I, I don't start there because it is. It can be super dangerous if you right. don't know when to stop. But once you can effectively do the like praise and punishment, mm-hmm. that's when you're going to get effective. Yeah. So I mean, I guess I I do do things like that where it's like I do remind myself like. Uh, you knew you kind of knew better so it's like if I'm having an off day or like whatever or like I didn't finish a task in a certain amount of time that I had set aside it's like okay so you didn't do it so what happened and all that kind of stuff so I go back and forth with myself in those ways and then I deprive myself of things that I may have otherwise enjoyed oh go deeper what do you mean um so and this is like okay I failed to do something I told myself I was gonna do and therefore I'm not so, like, if let's say I wanted to have, like, a candy bar. Well, Word. it wouldn't be a candy bar. It'd probably be, like, sour gummies because, like, I'm obsessed with sour gummies. Nice. So, it's like, you know, if I'm having, so you like, you have to a, earn your sour gummies. So, I do. I have to... Usually, I have to earn them. And, like, there are only a few times when I, like, allow myself to be, like, you know what? Like, you did your best today and like I am fully aware that like things are just not going right for you, you can still have it. So it's like, (laughs) it's both like my reward and like punishment sometimes. And like, that's just like a simple one, but like Mm. it's, it's, I feel like it's an other minor Do you use bright lines on your gummies? Cause it sounds like you don't like that. That seems you're way better than I am. Not fully. Like there was one time I bought like probably a pound of like sour candy and like ate it. 
Just like in like, one sitting? Not in like one full sitting, but like over the course of maybe a couple hours. And as you're doing it, are you thinking like, this is okay? Or are you like, <laughs> as like I, I should it, not be eating so my like, pound of So like as I was doing right it, I was like super, I was like super, super fit at the time too. So uh, it's like, it didn't feel as, as bad. Interesting. Like where I was like, oh, like I'm running like, you know, five miles today. Like mm. if I want it eat like a bag of gummies and then like I was like really like I was doing yoga and I was like doing bar and I was doing CrossFit and like all these different like activities and was like I think I have room I think I have room room. amazing so it's like and I feel like it's also because I'm like still pretty young so it's like I can get get away away with with it it. yeah so it's like one of those things where it's like I feel like there will come a day when I'm like all right I kind of have to like really curb it but until I well, like, let's talk point. about that though, because we we went from okay. like this is reward and punishment, right? Yeah, you earned your sour gummies example. to I can get away with it. Yeah, so it's like again, it's like the slide. I don't know. That's so interesting. So I do similar mm-hmm. things. Um, so like <laughs> one of the and I do. So we all know I don't love working out, but I really really enjoy food with protein. So like I enjoy my Quest chips, like unreasonably so but I don't allow myself um, protein on days when I don't work out so and I do that for inflammation reasons so I cycle through high protein days and high fat days and it is it has just been transformative in my life Mm -hmm. but I actually prefer uh, eating the high protein stuff just because I love crunch like the crunch is so amazing and so um, that's one of the ways like this morning right so I woke up super early and I thought, wow, like, I, do I really need to get out of bed right now? <laughs> and I thought, wait, 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 wait. What, what do I have? What can I leverage to, like, spring myself out of bed? Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, it'll be if I get up now because I didn't think I'd have time to work out because we were going to be rolling at 6 and I have to pack because I have to travel today. Right. So I just thought like, it's, I'm, just it's never going to happen. Right. So I thought, but, oh, man, if I get up and I work out now, I can have protein all day. It's going to be amazing. So that's how I sprung myself out of bed. So using food as a reward, but I have to use yeah. bright lines. Like, yeah. I even have a number. Like, there is a number of sets that if I do, even though I've worked out, it's not enough to qualify for a workout day. Right? Okay. So I, mean, I, have to, I have to have done at least three full exercises. So not not even just sets, exercises. So I'll do six sets per exercise. I have to do three exercises. If I do two or two and a half or two and three quarters, bright line. At three, if I have not done full, three full exercises, it's mm-hmm. I count it that I did not work out that day. Bright and lines, also, man. Have I mean, to have that's them. also fair. Have to have them. Yeah. For me, like that's a super useful technique for anybody out there yeah. wondering, like, how do you hold yourself accountable? Bright lines, bright lines, bright lines. Like people used yeah. to think I was crazy. I would be starving. Like right now, I'm so hungry. You can't imagine. I am so <laughs> hungry. You can't imagine. And um, I thought, well, like we're doing the, the q and I'm low energy today anyway. Like if ever there was a day where I have an excuse to eat before seven, because we all know I don't eat before I feed my dogs and I don't mm-hmm. feed my dogs before seven. Yep. Which by the way, a couple times Bonsai came in, he's yeah. just off camera, but he's in here begging because like, he wants his food. Excuse me. <laughs> like, wait a second, what's going on? It's um, like you're all up. So exactly. <laughs> so bright lines, yeah. Steer by bright lines. It's the only way because otherwise like, 
I would, you know, uh, eating at 11.29 instead of 11.30 suddenly becomes 11.20, becomes 11, becomes I'm yeah. eating when I wake up. And it's yeah. just like, can't It's like, it. give them a, what is that saying? Give them an inch. Give them an inch, they'll take a, a mile. mile. Yeah. Something There's like another that. one. Give a mouse a cookie and they'll ask for a glass of milk, something like that. I don't know. I've never heard that Nicholas one. Nicholas J. Robinson used to always say that. I love that. Oh. Give what? a mouse a cracker <laughs> and they'll ask for milk, something. I have no idea. All right. So this is going to be our final question. This one comes from Brian because we got to get you rolling. Yeah, what time so is it? It's 7.06. Oh, wow. This will be the last one. This is the last one. I have question. to be at an airport in less than an hour and a half. Yep. Okay. So it's popular to say happiness is a choice. And I really like mm. what you say about happiness is constructed and a result of design. Um, can you elaborate on creating happiness versus uh, it just being a choice? Yeah, for sure. So here it is. It's just like the question about how do you become high energy when you're low energy? There is, and I'm so, so thankful that this is a truth. There is a connection between the mind and the body. And when the mind isn't feeling it, you can get to it through the body. So um, if I'm not feeling happy, then I will literally force myself to laugh out loud. Like that's a real thing. I do that. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have to do it as much anymore just because you really will come to see how true it is that there's a connection. Think about things you're grateful for. If you're in a bad mood, force yourself to say three things you're grateful for. But like really try to feel the gratitude. Um, I do too big and then one little. Or, or if I'm struggling, if I can't think of big things that I'm grateful for, then think of small things, man. Like uh, sunshine is awesome, right? I'm grateful for, I'm literally looking out the window right now and thinking about sunsets and like, or sunrises, like I love, that's so beautiful and I'm grateful that I get to experience that. Um, I think about my wife's smile a lot. Uh, I love my, my wife has this like smile that eats her whole face. Mm. Oh God, like I just can't be in a, in fact, right now it is putting me in a good mood just to tell you guys how much <laughs> I love that smile that she has. So, and, and sometimes I drive her nuts because I'm like, I want to take a picture of her and I'm like, I want your really big smile. Uh, and she's like, you know, okay. Uh, so I'll do that one. Um, so, you know, just, it is so like, as I'm explaining this, it is happening to me. Right. Just telling somebody what to do to get in a, a good mood is putting me in a good mood. So it works. That's what I do. That's how you construct it. Use the body to get to the mind. Use the mind to get to the body. Like it is this self-reinforcing right. cycle. So the days that my mind is there and my body's not, then you know I'm using identity. I'm using um, that I push through things. Narrative, like I've got the will. Like come on, do this. Prove something to myself. And on the days where like my mind is just not there, I, I know that I have this repertoire of tricks of using my body to get there. Smiling, raise your eyebrows. It works. It works. Do you know that Botox can actually impact depression because they can't frown? How fucking uh, weird is that? That is. That That's amazing, but they also can't empathize. So yeah, it, like be real I remember careful. reading that, like where it's like they kind of lose that like other layer of yes being able to like recognize other people's emotions yes. and like have other people read them and empathize with them. So I was like, eh, staying away from that. Yes, That's it's weird. Crazy. I was like, empathy is one of my like superpowers. I'm like, I'm not giving that up. Dap it out. I love that. Um, I do you know? I what? know we have to wrap. Okay, but I'm gonna bet. Uh -huh. If you were to, and how would we do this? There's, there's an fMRI way to do this. There might even be a hormonal way because there's, uh, there's certainly genes. We could do a test on the employees here at Impact Theory. I promise you, we, we score much higher than average on empathy. I promise. Probably. I promise. For sure. All right. And with that. We have to wrap. We have to wrap. Don't forget to share this live feed if it added value to your life today. Yes, please. Um, and then also 
let us know in the comments, you know, what your big wins for the week were. Nice. That was, the, that was the question that I posed to the audience. I like that. Yeah, um, I want to hear about that. And I read all the comments. So dropping stuff too. like that in, I try to respond. Like, if you give me an emoji, chances are you're just going to get an emoji. But, like, if you take the time to write something, I'm going to write back. I try to write back to all comments. Um, if you send me a private message, it may take me six months to reply. I'm just yeah, keeping it real with you. Yeah, that's absolutely but fair. The reason is because the community can't benefit from that. So let's all help the community. Let's all do things out in the open. I get it. There's some things that are too sensitive for that. Full respect. Um, but if you drop it, if you're commenting on Twitter, IG, Facebook, you are going to hear back from me. So drop it in. Uh, keep your eyes peeled for the responses. And I'm YouTube. so grateful. You forgot YouTube for a second. YouTube. But. Oh, my God. That's one of my favorite places. People are super thoughtful on YouTube. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, jump in. If you're not following me on those other social channels, please do. I try to keep them all unique. So you're going to get different things on different channels. And uh, yeah, so we're super grateful. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We do not take your time and attention and your questions for granted. We love it. We love it. We love it. So thank you guys so much. Thanks. If you haven't already subscribed, be sure to do so. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care. Peace. Bye, guys. Hey everybody, thank you so much for listening. And if this content is delivering value to you, please go to iTunes, go to Stitcher, rate and review us. That helps us build this community. And that is what we are all about right now, building this community as big as we can to help as many people as we can deliver as much value as possible. And you guys rating and reviewing really helps with that. All right, guys, thank you again so much. And until next time, my friends, be legendary. Take care.